0: Today on the show, we discuss space whales. They are everywhere, and they are everything. Hello there, and welcome to The Lost Cantina, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and themes behind our favorite galaxy far, far away. We're back! We're back, baby! Let's go! It's very confusing for people who have listened to this in sequence, but for those of you following along, there was a strike! It happened! Yeah, We're back, though, yeah. now! We can talk about it again!
1: Yeah, we, we are happy to be back. When, when I saw that strike end, I was like,
0: oh, Jaden! Jaden! Jaden, it's over! Yes, and Kevin, so, we yeah. can talk about it, finally.
1: Yeah, finally, finally, because let let I will I will tell you all this. We were just bugging out every time this episode these episodes were coming out. Like it, it was
0: amazing. And it was, we were just texting each other, like
1: I want to talk about it. Yeah, we so can't badly. talk about
0: it, but we want to talk about it. So now we get to talk about it. So now we get to talk about it. Absolutely. As for those
1: who have already gone through the journey of episode one through three, episode four is today. And obviously you all know this. What we're going to do is a brief synopsis coverage of the episode with a little bit of sprinkled lore and analysis and some quotes. We've decided that we're going to just we're jumping in quotes in mid scenes here because this show just kept getting better and better. And we can't do a quote section. It's just there. We have to talk about it. Uh, So then after that, we're going to take a a brief break and then we're going to kind of get a little bit more into our thoughts and, and, and stuff now. It's not going to be the same now because we now know things. We know all the things.
0: We know the full story from beginning to end. So the, the crazy conspiracy theories uh, will not be trending on TikTok this time.
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that uh little theory you had because there's two parts to that. And I want to emphasize that you are not technically wrong on the second half. <laughs> I, I really I. Hey, I am emphasizing this. You are not technically wrong because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah,
0: technically correct is the best kind of correct because it pisses someone <laughs> off.
1: <laughs> so before we start, we're going to do that housekeeping that we normally do. Again, we love to hear from all of you listeners, all you peeps listening to us on the webs and, and the airwaves. Email us at Pod at gmail.com. Literally with anything, if you want thoughts, episode ideas, what you think of an episode that we did, something you want us to do, anything, how Jaden's theories are technically right, whatever you want. We check the podcast uh, email all the time.: Yeah, so, so it's on our phones, we get the dings.
0: And of course, you can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, or X for you edgy lords out there, at the Lost Cantina. And TikTok. As well, yes. folks, we are on the TikTok. We are on the TikTok, and I am we famously getting people very angry with me on TikTok, and it's wonderful. <laughs> your, your, your hatred fuels me.
1: <laughs> now, before we dive in, if you have not watched the first episode of Ahsoka, the second episode of Ahsoka, the third episode of Ahsoka, and this fourth episode, go watch that. Go watch Pause. Go watch it right now, because honestly... It's the bee's knees. Go watch this show. It's
0: quite good. So we're going to take a quick break before we get into it. We'll be right back. All right. Now we have officially warned you.
1: Spoiler territory. Let's get into it.
0: Ahsoka is also Luke's father. That was a test. That was a test. <laughs> we continue our journey on the planet Sitos. Now, there are a lot of lore tidbits floating around online and countless YouTube videos and forums suggesting things such as uh, the planets, you know, that we, that we see. The, uh, there's the, one of the big things that we liked, uh, we saw that was that the planet Citos comes from the Greek god Cito, the goddess of sea monsters, which leads to the Latin phrase of Cetus, meaning whale. Whoa! Whoa! And as we, we've kind of hinted at, especially if you're Rebels fans, uh, the Pergil are pretty important to the story, and they are essentially space whales. Yes. Hu Yang and Sabine are trying to fix the power issues on the ship and gain back communications with Home One, but comms are still down. The fulcrum is dead in the water. Sabine asks where Ahsoka went and is instructed to go outside and find her. Ahsoka is outside guarding the ship, and she clearly senses something is amiss. Sabine gives her an update on the ship. You know, shit's still broken. And Ahsoka says that Elspeth's ground base isn't too far away and that they should start there. And as Sabine is going back to the ship, Ahsoka says, the enemy has the map and the means to get where they want to go. I fear we face a difficult choice. This is one of those times when the decision uh, that's been made will completely change the outcome. They're going to be at a turning point with the galaxy's history. She tells Sabine, if we can't make the journey to find Ezra, then no one should. And that's one of those things where like these Jedi or force
1: users, if you will, when it comes to Ahsoka, they are always having to deal with like, if you make this decision or this decision, it is going to change the outcome of the entire timeline. It's like, Jesus
0: Christ. I, I I feel the same way when I'm ordering Chinese food, the decision you (laughs) make will, will, will change the galaxy, AKA your evening forever.
1: So after this, Sabine feels that they're not going to specifically be in that situation. She she doesn't believe it. And clearly, Ahsoka, as you know, a Force user, she's been it's not her first time, like I said. She says, it might have already. And as soon as she says this, Sabine just, she gives it away, right? She says, he'd be stranded out there. Maybe this time for good. So clearly she's yeah. showing that she wants to do whatever it takes to get him back. Like, Ahsoka's like, yeah, I get it, dude. Like, Trust me, he's my homie, but
0: we're we're already seeing here that uh, these two characters are on two different missions. Yeah. Ahsoka is on a mission to stop Thrawn from Eternity Galaxy. Sabine is on a mission to rescue Ezra. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting because their their goals align, but they don't. Because it's like it's like, hey, we both of our objectives are there. And Ahsoka is absolutely right. Like the best option she has is to get the ship running, go up there and blow up the hyperspace gate because simple as that. Yeah. Because then, then Thrawn doesn't come back, but that also means that Ezra is trapped, which it's the needs of the many outweighing the needs of a friend. Essentially.
1: It's, it's the trolley. That's what it is. It's the trolley. It is, yes. Thought experiment, you know, like that's what it is. And now Ahsoka has a really good rebuttal to this. She says, better that than allowing Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. Hey, she, she said, said the thing. thing. She said the thing. She said the thing. I, I instantly felt like, you know, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, like, oh, ooh, ooh, oh, 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 oh. There
0: is the reference, the <laughs> reference.
1: I mean, here's the thing. So, like, Ahsoka understands that for Thrawn to come back, that means that the possible destruction of quite literally everything, right? Yep. Again, this trolley experiment, If she, if he stays then they can at least like they they can at least deal with what they have now. Right. Like they've already been dealing with some of these, uh, the the Imperial really
0: can't unite unless they have someone to unite, unite under. And Thrawn is the best person. Like we, we see in spoilers for Mando season three, but we see the shadow council, which is, you know, a group of Imperial moffs and high ranking Mm -hmm. former Imperial officials who are trying to run their own shadow empire government. And it's just, endless bickering because they're all trying to prioritize their own projects and their own research and their own missions whereas mm-hmm. with someone like thrawn mm-hmm. who can come in and say hey shut the fuck up i'm in charge we're doing what i want
1: yeah and the thing is like because they are on the same mission kind of but also have uh, their own ul- ulterior motives if you will Ahsoka just kind of gets straight to the point. She does it. I think she learned with Anakin where she's just like, I'm just gonna get straight to the point here. Yeah. And just just flat out say it. She says, can I count on you? And uh, Sabine just looks at her and it's like, you know, you can. And it's like, ah, uh, I, uh, uh, yes, no, <laughs> I hate to say no. it, but no,
0: no, you can't count on her because you're not on the same mission. You're not on the same same page here. But yeah, they're, they're not. That's the problem here. Is, it's, ugh. Ugh. So Hu Yang comes down from the, the ship and he asks us if everything's okay. And she tells him to just be careful. And then we get a really great, creepy, wide angle shot of the ship in the forest as they pan out and a droid hand is visible and it makes a fist and walks away. So badass. It's, it's so cool. Like they're just getting a little like jump scares. On this it's like
1: a, a 1980s like fight movie where yeah. it's like you just see the fist, like and you're like, dun 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 and You're like, all right, let's go fight.
0: We, we, uh, we then join uh, Elsbeth and her group looking at the Eye of Scion in the atmosphere as we hear the sounds of Pergil, of Space Whales. Yep. Uh, Shin comes over to inform them that they know where the group is, they know where Ahsoka and the, the ship has crashed. And Skull says to move in. And after Elspeth, uh gives a little push, he then orders Shin and Merrick to go with them. He tells Elza, Elspeth, we best get underway soon. And she kind of looks at him and goes, is that a note of fear in your voice? And he just fires back, experience.
1: Dude. Because he knows he who they're fighting. The- he knows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, we know he was a Jedi. Yeah. And we know... He's been through some shit. I mean, if he was a Jedi, right? Yeah. He's been through the Clone Wars. Yep. He knows who Ahsoka is.
0: He, he's old enough to at least have been a knight, I would say.
1: Yeah. At the time yeah. of the Clone yeah. Wars. Yeah, totally. Definitely. He's older than Anakin, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's
0: definitely older than Anakin.
1: So Hu Yang has now fixed the section of the ship that's been uh, fucked up, right? But he has some visitors watching. Sabine's on the ship and she's going through her equipment and wearing her mando gear, but she can't find like her cartridges for her blaster and she's, you know, obviously frustrated. And it's really cool cuz she has the rebel symbol on one shoulder and then a purgle on the other. Now the purgle for those who have watched uh Rebels, the reason why Ezra's gone is he basically hitched a ride with a bunch of purgle. Yep. And he is on supposedly this other galaxy. So she has a Pergil symbol in like a you, memoriam, essentially on her you, armor. You,
0: you could say that the last time she saw Pergil, they, t- they took a piece of her with them.
1: Yeah. Them. Yeah. Th- that and he's being Ezra. I will say, you want to talk Bechtel fucking test. I don't necessarily think that she's in love with him. I'm just going to throw that out there right away. No, I think, I think it's more of this is her family right? Like brother, like essentially, like it's, it's not. Yeah.
0: You know, it's a minor, minor peek behind the curtain and peeking further ahead. It's never really seen of them being romantically interested in one another. It's just like, this is the person that she grew up with who she cared for a lot, who helped her grow. Yeah. Yeah. And he's gone. You know, it's like, it's like this, this, and he, 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 he left saving her home. So she feels like she owes him a lot.
1: And this causes her like to start having mini panic attacks uh, as she's like trying to get ready. Yeah,
0: it's all it's all she feels like it's it. This is this is her only thing is to rescue him. That is that yeah. is all she because while he's been gone, she has been just bereft. She has been like lost for purpose. You know, we see yeah. this when she was uh, just like doing a joyride.
1: Yeah. At the cap. She's kind of. It's kind of like, you know, the reckless teenager kind of trend when some something bad happens or they lose somebody. They're just like, screw it. I don't care anymore. That's essentially what she's in right now. But again, that's a mental toll. So she, you know, just not being able to find these cartridges. She's having a little bit of a mini panic attack. Ahsoka walks in and she's like, hey, here, like she just hands it to her and she's like, you need to relax. Sabine says, oh, don't worry about me. And, you know, Ahsoka asks if she should, you know, should I be worried about you? Like, what? Like, are you good? Like, I think Ahsoka has started to understand that, like, communication is very important. Yes. um, Because obviously she had decent communication with Anakin, but it was a struggle. It was a struggle a little bit still. Um, I think their communication skills uh, developed better. Later on in their relationship when she left the Jedi, I think that was a big turning point. But we'll get into that when we talk about Rebels. So when Ahsoka asked this, Sabine's like, nope, you shouldn't be. You should be worried. I'm good. I'm cool. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about me. This is one of those times I say when, you know, opening up to people is important. Yep. And being comfortable with letting the ones you care about, you know, let them let oh, them man. know what's going on and let them in. And Ahsoka starts to do this. And Ahsoka just get again, she gets straight to it. She says, I know how much Ezra means to you. So she's trying to get her to open up, have that discussion. You know, it's like when you're watching a movie and you're like, just say the thing. Tell
0: them what's going on with the other characters. Just do it. Like that's this moment. See, see, but at the same time, I feel like I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit here because I think that I think Ahsoka is not, I think what she's trying to say is like, I know how much Ezra means to you which is why later when she says, sometimes we have to do what's right regardless of our personal feelings. I think mm-hmm, that's her again mm-hmm. saying, if it's Ezra or the galaxy, we have to pick the galaxy. Yeah.
1: I mean, I just think she's just getting straight to the point and trying yeah, to she's like, she's trying to say like, I listen, I know
0: he means a lot to you, but regardless, I'm going to make the choice to save the galaxy.
1: Exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm more like into the bluntness of the situation where it's like, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to tell my friends like, you know, here's the deal. This is the situation. Just lay it out on the table. No fluff. Like here's your options. Here's your situation. And when Sabine asks Ahsoka, like, do you actually believe that? Ahsoka just says it straight out. She goes, when the stakes are this high, I have to. And that I think is, is her being like, you need to open up to me, talk to me. This is what I'm going to do. I need to know, am I going to be worried about you? Am I going into this situation they, alone essentially
0: they are they are still not in sync they are just yeah they are there you can tell
1: yeah definitely totally uh, outside
0: hu yang is finally finished with his repairs uh and he's actually he's very proud of his work but then he hears a rustling in the forest and he his robot eyes squint
1: kind of yeah it's weird
0: I love, I love the, I love the animatronics in him. I I don't, I so good. I know that he's probably CGI, but I, I love the, the life that they're, they give him in his, I think mannerisms. there is
1: a little bit of practical effects. There it might be,
0: I don't, though. I don't, I didn't look, yeah. I should, I, sh- I should have looked into that before we recorded, but
1: the general Grievous fighting definitely do- I doubt that was, yeah. you know, his, his, his arms that he was training with Sabine. Yeah, with. but
0: I'm wondering if they have like, just like a head on a stick that they like can manipulate servos. <laughs> to give it's
1: literally david Tennant, yeah <laughs> we're holding the it's stick. Just
0: david just underneath of it yeah <laughs> his his fears are warranted because he immediately gets attacked you know he holds yeah. his own technically he is a combat drone he tries mm-hmm. to call for help but then the, the the droid like covers his mouth speaker thing mm-hmm. and Hu Yang begins to lose the fight he uses the upper arms that we saw him use in the training with sabine and he uses one to break the motivator that he just fixed Sabine notices and blames Hu Yang for his incompetence, but Ahsoka knows that he wouldn't make things worse. And she just ignites her lightsaber blade and runs outside. Like, he, that was Hu Yang's way of being like, hey, I need fucking help. Yep, yep. I don't have lips, but for some reason, covering my mouth shuts me up.
1: <laughs> and so, during the fight, we see Sabine get overwhelmed uh, at one point. The fight's really cool, but all of a sudden, you can tell, like, Sabine's struggling a little bit. So... When we see this, Ahsoka kind of starts showing a little bit of uh, attachment issues, if you will, in how she fights. Um, and, and we see her use a little bit of, like, dark side style fighting, and you can see a little bit of worry in how she fights. And normally, you know, you, you see her do, like, the Obi-Wan style of fighting where, like, she goes for the head a lot of the times yeah. that kind of stuff she gets a little bit more aggressive and just like starts just wrecking people uses like force abilities and all sorts of crazy shit. It, it's kind of cool. So the fight ends and Ahsoka tells Hu Yang to prioritize the transmitter being fixed. Like that's more important now. Like it's okay. We can stay here. Just they know where we're at. Now you need to get that going before the two of them run off. The last thing Hu Yang says to the both of them is may I make one request of you both? Stay together. You always did better that way, in my opinion. That's going to come back later. Yep. Very important. Uh, We end up getting this really awesome shot of Sabine in her Mando armor and Ahsoka in her robes, and they're, like, running through the forest as the camera pans up, and it gives us a great, like, cool, you know, Star Wars feather wipe uh, to the fleet. Right. Now we're we're back home one. We're
0: seeing the yep. fleet. It it it's
1: really cool. I knew you instantly. were like, "Oh, ship 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 ships."
0: So so yeah, anytime there's a if you know if you've listened to our podcast anytime there's a shot of just a fleet information, I just sit there and I just start pulling my little notepad and I'm like, "Okay, what do we got here? We got a Moncal cruiser. We got some <laughs> those new whatever Stuck those new the New Republic ships are. They're very cool. They are very reminiscent of the uh, torpedo gunboats from uh Empire at War. Which, by the way, just random fact, that had an update last week. That game came out in, like, 2006. Nice. Which I was like, what the hell? Why did this get a patch? Anyways, regardless, we get to see a great shot of the fleet.
1: So now we're back to Hera. And, of course, she's leaving. She's doing the thing, right? She's always doing that. She didn't want to wait like we thought, right? Like, we yeah. thought she was going to wait. She was like, nah, I'm out. First officer the Hawkins, he's back he's like, "Hey, I'm a little concerned you're leaving. what do we do protocol uh uh, uh. it's kind of funny he's just like so what, what, what what do I say? what do I do what do i what
0: hell ah he's freaking out she's just like, do not worry about it it it's, um what we're seeing here is the uh the difference between uh an old uh, a, a new republic officer and an old rebel. Yeah, because Hera, you know, he says, you can't leave the authorization, and she says, watch me, you know, and and she's giving him all these, like, Hera-isms is what you wrote in the script, and I love that yeah, yeah, you know, she tell he's like what am I supposed to tell the the general staff and she's like, she's like, ah you'll, just think of something, just whatever, just whatever you gotta do, which is exactly what, like, in the Rebels days, this would this is not unheard of, like, there is no chain of command, it's like, we're just a bunch of people hanging out with wanted posters trying to kill the Empire Yep. So she can leave whenever she wants, but no, she's in charge of these people. Which it'll be—it'll be interesting to see going forward how that her, her relationship with the New Republic is going to be. So she gets on the Ghost with Jason, and uh, as they're getting in, you can actually see a, a photo of—you uh, can see a photo of Kanan on her mm-hmm. dash. It was just—it's super, yep. it was super cool, and <laughs> it's great. Jason, like he, you know, they get in the ship, and Jason's like, "Mom, how come I have to do what I'm told and you don't?" <laughs> And, it, and uh, what's great too is that Jason is actually uh, uh, wearing uh, the shoulder armor that Kanan would always wear. Yeah. And Harris uh, uh, says, well, when you're a general, you can disobey orders too. Until then, buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> As she flies out of home, one, she's met by, uh, is it five X Wings? It's like four or five. I think it's four. I think it's four. It meets up with four X Wings, and they're piloted by. Uh, By Carson, and uh, he has kind of become like he's kind of. You guys remember Phil Coulson from the Marvel phase, one of the Marvel movies.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's basically
0: Phil Coulson of the Marvel movies.
1: Yeah, essentially, yeah.
0: And he's he's just kind of the glue that gets everybody put together. So Hyun Lee
1: is like a really good like actor. Like he's awesome. Like Mr. Kim's was great. Like I, he's amazing. He is an amazing actor. He's going to fun fact. He's going to be playing. Uncle Iroh, Uncle Iroh uh, and yeah. Avatar. Yeah, I am pumped for that, man.
0: And and Carson, like, you know, he's talking to Hera and he's basically like, you know, this is gonna be a this is a lot of risks that we're taking here just to just to just go out and check out this 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 thing that might still be nothing. Because like, you know, Carson, he's got a hunch that something's going on in the outer yeah. rim because he says that in Mando, but he's just like, hey, you know, it's enough for him to go with because Hera told him that something's going on. Yeah. She simply replies, once a rebel, always a rebel. And he just kind of smiles like on your signal, Phoenix leader. And I love that. Like Phoenix squadron is back.
1: Such rebels dialogue, like with these situations, like Jason asking questions, that kind of stuff. Like it is quite literally straight out of rebels and it's really good. It fits perfectly. Like at first you don't necessarily think that it's going to fit, but it totally does. And I, I love it. I think it's great.
0: We talk about this a lot with the different Star Wars shows that we have reviewed on Lore Party, and which we will then review here on Lost Cantina. It feels like each Star Wars show has its own unique feel and take. This mm-hmm. one literally feels like adventure. This one is like an yeah. a adventure show. Mando is much more a Wild West you know, slow yep. slog kind of show and, or is a political drama, you know? Yeah. And book of Boba Fett is a show. <laughs> I love book of Boba Fett to, to be clear. I, I, I enjoy a lot of book of Boba Fett. I do feel like it was, it was kind of, kind of rushed, but yeah, a little bit, but we're not talking about the show. We're talking about Ahsoka. So the, you know, the, 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 the fighters and uh, Hera they line up and they jump into hyperspace. And actually, fun fact, uh, you pointed this out to me. Uh, one of the Rebel pilots is actually played by the actor who plays the physical role of Din Djarin in Mando. Which Yeah, I, every... I didn't know that it wasn't Pedro Pascal in the armor. I thought it was. Yeah. yeah and I guess, he, he, I guess for Pedro. season two, a lot of it was him because of the stuff where he had to take his helmet off for a lot yeah, of scenes. Yeah, yeah. But I guess for the majority of one and like a good chunk of three, it wasn't him.
1: Yeah, he's been voice acting the majority of it. Uh, there's a lot of stuff like with this this group of uh, rebels that well, I would say rebels, Th- this group that goes with Hera, like each each person is like makeup artist or something like that. Like it, it's, it was really cool to see. So now that they've jumped, we get another great Star Wars feather wipe this time as the camera's painting down now from space. We now see the eye of Sion. It's in the sky and Balin Skull and Morgan Elsbeth. They're just staring right up at it. Yep. The audio for these scenes, I just need to tell you the audio, just the temple alone, it's got the sounds of the Purgle going, and we can't see them now. They were in the sky before. We can't see them. Yep. The Purgle sounds come off very creepy at the temple. Yeah. I was, I at first, I didn't realize it was the Purgle, and I was like, what is this dark side energy sound? I was like, no, this is the Purgle. I was like, this is creepy as shit.
0: It. We've been able to hint and like idea that like you know this is the the launch point for another galaxy, but mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting that it sound it almost sounds like the pergil noises are bouncing off in that temple area, like like the the yeah. the, the pillars are absorbing the sound and reverberating it, yep. almost as if to call the pergil themselves there to then line them up to shoot off into the other galaxy. Yeah.
1: So Elsbeth explains that the guideline will be established with the map and the hyperspace coordinates. They're going to be able to be read by the eye of Scion, And then they're going to be able to jump. So it's a lot of rigmarole. They got to go through with this fucking map. And skull just kind of stands there. And he says to her that if your calculations are off by even a little, we will be lost to the depths of the void. This shit has to go perfectly. Hell and yeah. Perfect
0: can be otherwise like like if it's
1: not perfect they're fucked
0: they're screwed i mean that's just hyperspace travel in general dude like i i love the way that han solo describes it in a new hope we have to make precise calculations yeah. otherwise we could fly too close to a star or bounce right off a supernova yeah so imagine they that get this wrong. but a galaxies were or a, the,
1: yeah. like the space between the spaces like if they get this wrong they're just stuck in the middle of bumfuck nowhere space yep
0: like, that's just it. They're literally in the middle of nothing. Elspeth responds with, just have faith. And Skull looks up and says, faith. I lost that a long time ago. <laughs> we know Skull was a Jedi. This man clearly lost faith in not just the Jedi as an organization, but in their teachings. There's a chance maybe even in the prophecy that, of Anakin, because we see that clearly he had great respect for him. Or even, you know, may have idolized him. Yeah. Anakin, uh, I hate to say that he's a celebrity, but he's kind of a celebrity.
1: Oh, no, they were both. They were both huge celebrities. Like, you know how you, like, follow sports, like, players? Like, that's what they were, essentially. Like, you would see stuff about Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi in the news, like that would With- like like the Clone Wars stuff that we we see in the beginning of the episodes. You know how like you, you get like that old timey style uh war synopsis? Yeah, that's literally like what it was, bro. Like that was it. Like I could just, although it was really funny, I could, I could just picture a bunch of aliens just sitting in a movie theater, and you could just see, like, black and white, shitty Star Wars yeah. footage, like, ah, there are boys in, in blue and white, are, they're coming, they're ready to win, and uh, the Separatists are losing, look at these stupid droids, like, shit like that, but, like, you see Anakin Skywalker, and you see Obi-Wan in the main news, like, that's, yeah. that's just who they
0: are. We're probably gonna do a podcast on this later, but, like, we gotta talk about the How good the empire was at just erasing the the Jedi and their stories from history, because like they no like uh, Mando seems to have no idea what a Jedi is.
1: Propaganda is one hell of a drug.
0: Yeah, like and just the fact that they remove it just so easily from just the 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 public consciousness.
1: I mean, think about it though; they essentially won the war figurative war if you will no it's a a little what do they do (laughs) yeah they 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 rewrote history that's what they did they just omitted shit yeah like that's i mean i don't want to talk about you know modern day stuff in the real world here but you know that's essentially you won now you make to get to write history you make history yep
0: so Elspeth uses her like dark witch magic to light the pilot light For the grill that somehow turns the map on. I don't know how that works, but apparently it does. I love oh. I love the I love the dark magic because it's not the force. I love the idea that there's That's also cool. this like weird third thing. There's the light side, the dark side, and then this thing that is also evil, but not the dark kind side. Of, sort of. Magic. You know, she looks a little less put together now. Her hair isn't as neat with all the wind, and yep. she's starting to look a a bit more sinister and like insane. Yeah. And uh, the eye of Sion starts to, like align with the ruins, and Skull just goes witchcraft,
1: which is funny because like he corrected Shin in the other episodes, and he she was like, "Oh, it's a witch," and he's like, "Oh, whoa, 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 no, we don't, we don't disrespect her and her." And, but now he's just like witchcraft. He's like, "Oh shit,"
0: which, which again, I think that just that just shows like old habits, like. <laughs> Je- oh, you yeah. know like his his jedi his jedi is kicked in for a second being like fucking witchcraft like you fucking dick <laughs> motherfucker with your goddamn sorcery that's not the force his unconscious
1: bias is coming yeah in. so the eye of Sion is now beginning to see right it's seeing the coordinates and it's going to be uh taking it to thron and, and these coordinates are going to fill out it includes nine coordinates which if you are keeping up with the Norse mythology themes here in this story, because there are Norse yeah. themes going on, you know, with, with Skull and Shin going, they're, they're the wolves and the whole thing. There's a lot of Norse shit going on, okay? A lot of Japanese themes and a lot of Norse themes mixed together. It makes for an amazing story. If you're Your following this, meet
0: in the middle and wrote Ahsoka.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So if you notice this, you are now going to notice that there are Nine realms in Norse mythology. The nine coordinates to get to the new world. And that's the kind of, you know, there's a lot of shit going on here that if you really got to pay attention. If you notice this as well, you'll also see if you're paying attention that the map itself, when activated, right, it's pointing towards the other galaxy. The other galaxy, however, you get all these symbols and shit popping up. You will see that the other galaxy is surrounded by symbols of Pergil. And it is very <clears throat> hint, hint, hint. Spoiler hint, hint. warning here. It is very reminiscent of the portals we see in Rebels in the world between worlds. Eh, 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 eh,
0: eh. Okay, yeah. okay. So now Ahsoka and Sabine, they Got a part of me just wishes we hadn't seen all those, uh, all of them already before we talk about this. Because no comments.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. There was a, a couple things I missed, and then I had to rewatch it a couple times. I was like, oh shit. But they're there. They're there in plain sight. That's the thing. A lot of these things are in plain sight. You just have to be paying attention Mm. a lot. So now Ahsoka and Sabine, they're back. They're running through the forest towards the ruins. When they are met by (gasps) Shin and Merrick, They have a great standoff. uh, And Shin removes her cloak. And she shows a lot of white and gray armor. And She's no longer covered in black. And she looks fucking cool dude like yeah. she looks sick she looks both of them look medieval as fuck like they don't look futuristic they look no. like knights it's sick something out of like elden ring so the two of them have this like cool like stare down sabine's just staring at shin uh through the mando armor so that looks cool too it's just un- unbelievably badass that's the whole, the whole thing was cool she then begins, just starts, like, firing right at her. Like, Sabine's not hesitating this no. this time. She's just taking the offensive, moving off to another area to fight. Like, she's just like, I'm not letting this happen again,
0: like last time.
1: And just boom, 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 starts. And then I started blasting.
0: Merrick ignites his blade, and he and Ahsoka have a very samurai standoff. Uh, you, you, it's almost like you can hear the announcer be like, and begin. As their blades clash, there's, like, some drum beats playing. It's, really, it's a really cool sequence. Yeah we cut back to Sabine and she's being pushed by Shin using the force and her helmet flies off and Sabine uh, ignites her lightsaber. So like, all right, we're doing it. We're this is, we're getting personal. Yeah. yeah. Which I get it. You know, you wanted the helmet off so you could see the actor's face and the emotions. So yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And so then there's a back and forth, just seeing the two fights going on. And it's really cool. Uh, back at the ruins, the decoding is underway. And uh the fights are just they're just so good because like it, they have tree destruction and like just yeah. uh it's just such a great fight. And then of course we see As- Merrick doing the classic Inquisitor turning the blade into a fucking propeller.
1: Yeah. Ahsoka uses the same pose that Anakin does to fight Dooku, right? In, yeah. in in the in the I believe it was in episode two, um, you know, with the blade lifted up, but she uses it to bait him. Because he sees that and he's like, oh, I'm gonna rush her because I know I can beat that like, you know, that 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 pose. But she, same thing like fucking uh, Obi-Wan does. Right? So like, she, he rushes towards her with one swing and Ahsoka cuts him down in the chest, mind you. Not the face, in the chest. Not obviously as typical for her since she always seems to go for the head, like I said. Um, just like Obi-Wan. However, it is similar to how Obi-Wan killed Maul. It's a very similar, like, kind of fight, yep. uh, which so it's, it's like it's similar to Obi-Wan. And, and it, it was it was awesome. So as uh, Shin and Sabine clash, Merrick just gets on his knees, turns his lightsaber off and bursts into Night Sister smoke. And his suit just flops to the ground like. <laughs> so he was nobody. He was nobody. Womp womp womp. womp. Yeah, uh, but here's where I want to go back here because just because he was nobody doesn't mean that your theory of that—the fact that there is a clone and like all this—like we there needs to be a clone if we're doing heir to the empire. If we're doing heir to
0: the empire. There needs to be a clone. And and here's the thing. I want to I want to say this. Um, the the theory that I that I came up with was literally just me being like this is stupid but let me say it and then like the entire internet went crazy (laughs) and it's really fucking funny that people were super mad about it some people thought it was cool i thought i was i was was like i was like eh, it's this is a dumb thing i'm gonna say on our podcast and it was like hey i'm I'm glad people responded to it i'm glad it it became a discussion
1: so just to reiterate here there's part one which was Oh, he is somebody. He is
0: somebody. And then part two yeah. is we're going to, I like I can almost guarantee we're going to get a clone of some kind. Yeah. Because Mount, for those of you, this is major spoilers for the book Heir to the Empire, but we have pieces scattered all across the current lore. If you watch the Bad Batch, Mount Tantis exists. Oh. Mount Tantis is where they were growing clones in Heir to the Empire. Mm-hmm. And that is also where Thrawn's base of operations is in the book. So I'm pretty sure when Mando season four comes around, they're going to end up at Mount Tantis and we're going to get clones of some kind. Yeah. So there is still a possibility of there being a clone Kanan Jarrus. I think that'd be fun. Uh, I think there's going to be, or maybe there's a clone of Ezra. Maybe they'll do that. Maybe they'll go that route because Ezra might take the place of Luke Skywalker for mm-hmm. The storyline, because apparently they're too afraid to just go one to one with the adaptation, which nah. sucks because I would love to see like Luke, Leia and Han again
1: would be nice. Not broken. And I will say
0: cough, cough, sequel trilogy. Uh,
1: I will say this in rewatching Rebels, right? Like I've, I've been watching it. Yeah, I did notice that Merrick is most possibly like the Inquisitor that we see in Rebels when Ezra is at the Sith Temple with Maul. Most likely brought back with dark magic, all that jazz, like that Inquisitor was trying to find Maul. And it honestly, I kind of think that would be kind of cool because it would be poetic that he would die in a similar way to Maul. Um, that is it. I see but, you,
0: you when yeah. you told me that That was I thought that was a very interesting theory to say the least. I don't think we'll ever get a solid answer in like a show. I'm sure like maybe maybe Dave will say something at a, at a panel at a con somewhere. Yeah.
1: Honestly. But- it th- he doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm no. just glad they didn't kill he Sam Witwear. <laughs> yeah. So Sabine yells for Ahsoka to go, right? Go, get the map. Like Shin sees it and Shin's like, ah, shit. He's done. Fuck. And, and uh, you know, Sabine is using this moment to say, like, get, go, go, go. Get out of here. Yep. Go, go, go. So they split up. Ahsoka agrees and Shin just turns and looks at Sabine and says, you will regret this decision.
0: So so I know he's not Force-sensitive, but I just know Hu Yang, just like, he just went like, he just looked up in the sky like, those motherfuckers ignored me.
1: Yeah, right, yeah.
0: With the coordinates halfway finished, Elspeth says she will return to the Eye, and she tells Skull to guard the map. Ahsoka runs up to the, to the ruins and sees Elspeth's ship leave, and the map's kind of, you know, bubbling up on the ruins, you know? It's like, yeah. The... the, 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 the it's really cool. The, the effects they do on it are really interesting. She enters the map bubble area in the temple and is met by Skull sitting on a rock in his robes and his hood up. And all he says is, Anakin spoke highly of you.
1: Woo! Oh, oh my god Oh shit!
0: What a flex! Just 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 right off the bat, just Anakin spoke highly of you. And Ahsoka just kind of snaps back at him. Interesting, he never mentioned you.
1: Very obvious, like, dialogue back at him, but it was still sick.
0: It was still great. And then he stands and takes off his robe, and he says, it's is my favorite line in the whole episode, just, everyone in the Order knew Anakin Skywalker. Few would live to see what he becomes. Surely, that must leave a mark. Clearly, Anakin was a hero to him, in a way. You know, oh, yeah, like, this
1: guy idolized him, definitely.
0: Yeah. it, it It's crazy, because he's not just talking about the Mark uh, Onitsuga, but himself, you know? like they, Yeah. Because I'm sure there were so many people who believed in the prophecy that Anakin would bring balance to the Force, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's just that his destruction and betrayal of the Order just completely destroys his fate. You know, but he also knows who he's dealing with fighting ahsoka he's dealing with you know a person who was the closest to the guy who destroyed the order as physically possible and he he
1: kind of blames
0: ahsoka almost like yeah like 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 is, is that why you walked away abandoned him and i'm like oh yeah. i love that it's like he blames her like
1: it was you you know granted obviously it was a lot more but like
0: well there's uh, i mean we we get to see in the finale of the Clone Wars, there's that there's that sequence where that where you know the uh, Ahsoka is talking to the 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 Council, and they're like, "Is there anything mm-hmm. else you need to say, yeah. Ahsoka?" And she's just like, "Just tell Anakin I want to talk to him." Like we yep. were this close to saving the galaxy, folks. Like all she had to do was 30 say, seconds. "Maul says it has something to do with Anakin." Like, yep, and that's all she had to say, and we probably would have. Some some people would have died, but not everybody would have died.
1: Yeah. So like the next part of this discussion gives us so much and also very little at the same time. So Ahsoka now she does the same, right? Like she takes off her robes, she just looks at him and she says, I'm not here to discuss my past. And Skull just says, The only reason I'm here is to secure the future. Ahsoka says, for you. Yep. And he says something far greater. She says, ambitious, ambitious, right? Like, cause everybody's got these like ambitions, like the Sith, if you will, like for power and stuff. But this is not just about him, right? He's not making it about himself. He says necessary. And she says, and you find starting another war necessary. He tells her, I'm not starting a war. But Thrawn will, Thrawn will, it is an unfortunate evil, but speaks to a greater truth. One must destroy in order to create. So this concept, that line hit me hard because this this kind of, the best way I could think of it, or at least describe it with a name is called, is, is creative destruction theory, right? Yes. It's mostly known like that. That specific phrase is mostly known as like an economic theory. Um, but the, the, the concept of that, of, of, you know, in order to create, we must destroy. That can be seen in a bunch of different cultures. Right. So just the concept of it. Yeah. Look at like Hindu deities. Right. Shiva and Brahma. Right. The yeah. similar concept of both creation and destruction always being at odds constantly. Also, I mean, hell, if you want to look at, like, a fucking black hole, right? It's destruction by also, like, spewing out, like, all these other materials. Like, yeah. you know, returning, a star returning blowing up. Exactly, exactly. Um, And also, think back to the Clone Wars, right? The father, the brother, the sister. You have these beings that embody the light and the dark sides of the Force. The yin, the yang, right? Yep. As well as, look at Mandalore now, right? For life to begin thriving again, spoiler alert for Mando, life is back on Mandalore. For life to thrive again on Mandalore, like true life, nature, it had to be destroyed. The planet had to be glassed because they didn't have that, right? They didn't have that. Uh, I mean, life itself was there, but like, we're talking not civilized society, right? Yeah. Now look at the new Republic. The old one had to be destroyed by the Empire, for instance, right? For a much more fair and new one to be created. So there's, like, all these themes of, like, something... The old has to be destroyed to bring the new, right? He he gets it. I think he gets it. This mm-hmm. is definitely a, a skull, like... he He's right. I, I'm He's right. But the thing is... Neither of them really seem to just want to sit there and and discuss much anymore. They just want to fight.
0: Here's the thing. Here's the thing. They are in another world. They would have been friends. I Absolutely. He, in that. In that. Uh, there's that scene where he just says, "You know, uh, when he was cons- when uh, Elizabeth thought he was concerned about having to kill her." Yeah. You know, he just said, "There's there's so few Jedi left." Like that was his sentiment. It was. Yeah. It's basically the two of them are immo- immovable force. Yeah. You know, unstoppable object. They are they're both they both know that that in order to complete the task that they have decided that they are going to do, the other must die.
1: Well, that's and and that right there. The destruction of the old brings the creation of the new. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. is there to yeah.
0: Well, Ahsoka's not necessarily trying to trying to create anything. She's just trying to stop Thrawn. He's trying to create exactly. a new order.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Ahsoka ignites her blade first. Right. She ignites first, so she's on the offensive. She's on the aggress- aggression, yeah. if you will. And he just looks at her and simply just stares after she ignites the blade and just goes, how inevitable.
0: Yep. Woo! Oh,
1: my goodness. Holy shit. Like that right there. Again, he's well, well, ve- for, this is for, a philosophical for, fucking guy.
0: Well, for Skull, for Skull, he sees like the fact that Ahsoka ignited uh, her blades first. That's just him. I think that speaks to what he believes is the hypocrisy of the order
1: exactly 100 percent.
0: you know he's like ugh, oh, you know you you uh, the jedi preach peace but they're always the first to uh, reach for their lightsabers yeah yeah you know we get and then we get this really cool kind of standoff where all you hear is the hum of their blades and then you get a really powerful like hidden fortress style fight uh skull is very clearly powerful he fights with a lot of physical strength and is very much re- reminiscent of raw power he has given himself over to the force. He has given himself over to mm-hmm. the dark side. Actually, I I don't know if I would necessarily call him to give it over to the dark side to be honest. I it think he's like needs- he's giving himself over to the force and yeah. allowing it to do what what the force wills.
1: Well, like remember so like in the first episode, right, when he uses the force, you get this like weird primitive uh like growl when he uses the force like there's like that sound i kind of think that that's kind of how he's been using the force in like more primitive way of just like letting the force go through him like work through him but he's like remember how you talked about the force like how it guides things it's not really meant for like destruction specifically i think he's kind of tapping into a more primal way of using the force yeah um and and you mentioned the hidden fortress uh I, I I there's a lot like like how we talked about like there's a lot of Norse themes here. There is a lot of themes from the samurai movie Hidden Fortress, which mind you is um the inspiration, one of the inspirations for Star Wars. And I think Dave Filoni does a great job of of tapping into that and showcasing his love for not just Star Wars, but like what brought upon star wars so you got these like really cool standoffs and these really cool like just uh samurai style fights right like it's almost like we're playing um ghost of tsushima right yeah that's what it felt like
0: so after this we see elizabeth on the uh the eye of scion and the coordinates are only about like not maybe halfway done and she's informed that skull has engaged the jedi and she asks how much longer the droid just gives her vague answer of moments which mm.
1: okay,
0: build some tension here.
1: Yeah, that's a unit of measure. I, I understand that. On the ground now, uh, Lord Balin is keeping Ahsoka busy. She's constantly on the defensive as he throws like boulders at her and she's trying to get the map. And we cut back to a great pan of like Sabine and Shin fighting as the camera stops with her Mandalorian helmet on the ground. Yep. And the two of them are fighting in the background. Like, the cinematography in here is just phenomenal. Uh, Shin is now able to disarm Sabine, and she throws her to the ground. And Sabine pushes her hand out, and we hear the sound of the force and see Shin turn her face, but nothing happens. Yeah. And Shin just kind of looks at her and is like, you have no power. Instantly, Sauron, you have no power here. Like, it was, like it, was, it was great. And Sabine uses her Mandalorian missile and shoots Shin's lightsaber out of her hand. Here's the thing. Um, I just want to say this. Uh, she got shit on for that move by uh, Jason's dad when he was training her as a Jedi. Uh, he was like, don't do that. We don't do those tricks yeah, uh, you know, Caden Jaris is just like, uh, wait a minute, hold on a second. Uh, so I thought that I thought that was really funny.
0: It's it's that it's that Star Wars meme that you always see where it's like, parry this, you wizard bitch, and they fire a shot. <laughs> <on> a <Jedi. laughs>
1: right? Yeah.
0: I, I mean, here's the thing. You know, last
1: episode, episode three, we talked about how both the Mandalorians and the Jedi are kind of tonal opposites, right? But that doesn't mean that the Mandalorians don't have power, right? It's just a different kind of power instead of the spiritual, right? They have the physical yep. and
0: the, Je- the Man- Mandalorians rely on their, their equipment. The equipment is, you know, it's yep. what Mando says. Weapons are my religion, you know, it's, yep, it's, yep, it's, yep. their equipment is what they rely on. Whereas a Jedi relies on the force. I will say this Sabine is a little bit, quote, possibly, unquote, lucky
1: uh, to have both. Yep. Who
0: knows? Maybe we don't know. <clears throat> So, Skull clashes blades with Ahsoka, and as he does, he says, uh, your legacy, like your master's, is one of death and destruction, which I love that. He's trying to get in her head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he views himself as, as the necessary evil, the creative power behind the destruction. Mm-hmm. You know, Ahsoka, she, she, gets, she gets mad. She gets real mad. She gets real mad. She taps into the dark side a little bit, I think. Yeah. You know, just, just a little, little tappy-tappy, as Happy Gilmore would say. Yeah, yeah. Tap 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 Uh she drop kicks skull and then uh he just, just sends him flying across the ruins and she grabs a map and it disconnects it, but it burns her hand. Cause you know it was sitting on that fucking pilot light.
1: Yep, yep.
0: <laughs> and then we cut the shin, she fucking pocket sands Sabine and runs. <laughs>
1: I thought that was great. I was like, I watched it and she literally just Pocket sand and then bounces. I was like, "What the fuck?" Uh,
0: Elizabeth has been delayed and she's not happy. Skull continues his assault and Ahsoka is now weakened. He easily overcomes her abilities. As Shin shows up, but without Sabine, and Ahsoka thinks that Sabine's dead. Yep. Skull instructs her to get the map. Ahsoka says Sabine in such a worried tone, like that she's like, "Oh, like fuck, I gotta finish this now." You know, like, I gotta, get, I, gotta, I gotta get through this so I figure out what happened to her. So she, like, force chokes Sabine for, like, a brief moment and throws her into a pillar. But what's mm-hmm. really interesting is that Balin's skull then gets an even more aggressive stance because his Padawan is in danger. Yeah. He pushes Ahsoka all the way to the edge of the cliff because, you know, things are way more interesting when they're next to a cliff.
1: Yeah, right? Yeah, seriously. Ahsoka tries to use the force on Skull's blade as they clash one more time, and then we see her damaged hand.
0: Which, by the way, I thought when they I thought when they were showing the damaged hand, I thought we were going to get like uh, like Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. Yeah. Where, like she's going to hold up her hand and that's the missing coordinates.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Thank God
0: I agree. they didn't do that.
1: Yeah. He says to her uh, in an almost kind of sorrowful tone, it didn't need to come to this, but, you know, no other way. Personally, I think he he sees her as a destructive force. He, no, like he aggressor. blames her.
0: He blames her. He yeah. thinks that she is what's wrong with the galaxy. Yeah. Like he, When he says, uh, yeah. you know no other way, he's talking, you Jedi know no other yep. way.
1: Yup. Yep. In yep. his
0: mind, Jedi are the aggressors, not him. He is just a man yeah. in the universe doing what he has to do.
1: Yeah. And guess who's actually around this time? Sabine! Shout out to... Uh, Episode one, Sabine, not being there. Nobody. Okay. Anyway, so she yells stop as she holds her blaster uh, to skull. And then all of a sudden she's got the map in her hand, not burning her hand. Ahsoka yells to just destroy the map. Like we knew we yep. saw this coming. We knew this was going to happen. Ahsoka's like, get rid of it. Destroy it. You know,
0: cast it into the fire.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sabine points her blaster to the map, and we're like, okay, all right, all right. She yells to step away from Ahsoka. And this is when we all knew, right? Like, we all knew she wasn't going to do it. Skull uses this, and because he, he re- kind of realizes, he's like, oh, okay. Skull uses Ahsoka's, like, distraught distraction here. yep, And he slams her lightsaber and slams her and then she falls off the cliff now the next bit i will say this there's a lot of quotes here um just prepare yourself i will say this it shows just how broken sabine has been yeah and i don't think ahsoka truly knew this and i think that's why when ahsoka tried to open up and get her to open up I am with Ahsoka. She should have tried harder, personally, because holy shit. The next, all these quotes coming up, I mean, it is, is bad.
0: Well, and that's why, and like, I think that's where you and I disagree, because I don't think, I think Ahsoka didn't really want her to open up. She just expected her to follow orders, because that's what Ahsoka Mm. did as Anakin's Padawan. She just expected Sabine to blindly follow orders, but Sabine has never, never been one to blindly follow orders. That's why she was a rebel in the first place. I mean, she grew up as an asset of the empire. And so she, you know, rebelled and is a renegade. And I think Ahsoka kind of forgot that Mm -hmm. or just, or just tried to ignore it because she was like, no, you're my Padawan. So you listen to me, even though Mm -hmm. she never listened to Anakin in the first place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fucking assholes not listening to each other. And then literally
1: nicknamed snips.
0: Yeah. Because she was so fucking snippy. So Sabine, you know, she, she sees what happened and she screams no, because she thinks that Ahsoka's dead. She starts shooting at Skull and he blocks all the blasts with ease. You can see him, you know, kind of anticipate where each shot is going, because it, she's 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 given in to her despair and her anger. You know, she's just blasting to try to kill him, but he knows, he, it's like, like you, you are so unbalanced and not precise at all. Like, I can take you down easily. Sabine, finally, she puts the blaster to the map again, and lord balan can see it he says you should do as your master says destroy it she would have done it and he starts walking towards her again and she's like stay back he's like but you're not like her are you though and sabine says more than you know mm-hmm. Balin closes his eyes almost like he is like reading sabine's he's sensing her emotions through the force yep he opens them He opens eyes he smirks and deactivates his blades he says I know you feel that Ezra Bridger is the only family that you have left. Oh, shit. With him putting his with that, he puts his lightsaber away and he shows that he's already won. Like he already knows what's going to happen here. Yeah. Yeah. He said, you know, he said he even said Ahsoka knew that there was no other way. Well, he does. Yeah. He believes that he knows how to do this. Like he can he's not doing it the Jedi way. He's not going to attack and save the day in a while. He's just going to talk.
1: Yeah, He he knows there's a path besides violence.
0: Yeah, which is very interesting that he thinks that he's given up the Jedi way, but that's what the Jedi are supposed to do.
1: And the look on Sabine's face of, like, shock and sadness. He just says, you don't know what you're talking about.
0: And he And he says, I know what's holding you back. Your family died on Mandalore because your master didn't trust you. Sabine, you and I share a common goal to make this journey you to be reunited with your long lost friend and I to serve a greater good come with me willingly and I give you my word no harm will come to you Sabine you will be reunited with your friend and he puts his hand out you can
1: see the conflict in her she knows what she has to do right yeah. but doesn't know if she has the strength to do it. Sorry, folks. That is the only quote you get of the sequel trilogy. He then, with hand stretched out, says, it's the only way. Do it. For Ezra. Do it. Do it for Ezra, yes. Do it. And in this moment, Sabine hands over the map.
0: We hear a roar of dark side energy as Skull slowly walks towards the pilot light, and puts it down. Sabine almost kind of looks like Anakin did in his like, what have I done moment? You know, just yeah. like, oh, fuck, I've doomed the galaxy. Yeah, right. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, the camera doesn't even change. You just all of a sudden, like, Sabine just like suddenly can't breathe. Yeah. And we see that uh, Shin is fucking force choking the shit out of her.
1: Yup. She woke up.
0: (laughs) And and Skull seizes and Skull always goes, Shin, release her. Shin, I gave her my word. And unlike her former master, I shall keep mine. Ooh, man, she's not even cold. Oh. He sets the map on the flame and Elspeth gets the calculations done. She then sends a shuttle to pick them up. They have the path to Thrawn.
1: Now, everything kind of picks up very quickly here. Uh, Back with Hu Yang. He gets comms up and running and connects with Hera, right? He asks for assistance and then fills them in on kind of what's been going on. And Elsbeth now tells Balin to get ready. And he drives his saber through the map. Like as soon as the coordinates are done, like he's just like done. And he goes, no one will be following us. Destroys the map. It's like, okay, they are really, they're not fucking around. They're like, let's go, let's go. And as we get a shot of Sabine looking absolutely defeated, right? We then get the Eye of Scion, which is leaving the planet and it's getting ready to set course. So Hera and her crew, they just showed up. And they just they're lining the up in. to attack, right? Yep. Balin now arrives on the bridge, right? Like this is a real fast sequence. Balin's now on the bridge with Shin and Sabine, who's in cancuffs, right? Elspeth just turns, looks at her, and She's just like, hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's informed by her droids that the Republic crafts are obstructing their path, right? Like they're about to jump. And now we got all these Republic crafts that are right there.
0: Yep. Sabine uh, instantly recognizes the ships and she blurts out, Hera. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth just smirks and says, ignore them, engage the hyperdrive. Meanwhile, Carson, as they're making their attack run, he says, there's a tremendous surge of power. And we see like a brief shot from the bridge as it like it it like jumps to hyperspace, but like faster than we've ever seen hyperspace mm-hmm. ever go. If you're a Spaceballs fan, they jumped straight to Plaid. <laughs> the yeah. surge of energy causes a huge space uh, yes a space wake. It causes yep. just a just a shift, and two of the four X wings actually fucking crash. Yep. Into each other from the concussion. And it, it like knocks all the ships down. And even Chopper's like, whoa, shit. Jason <laughs> looks at Hera and says, Mom, I've got a bad feeling. And Hu Yang is best, still on the planet. He still has no idea what's going on. He's trying to contact somebody, anybody, and nobody's responding.
1: Yeah, he's, he's calling Sabine Ahsoka. Sabine Ahsoka. And okay, so this is the end of the episode. Yes. Prepare yourself.
0: I am prepared. I am brave. This
1: ending, when this came out, it was the most hype thing, I think, in Star Wars since Luke showed up at the end of Mando, right? Yeah. Like, this was so hype. So we see the ruins, and we're panning across the ruins towards the ocean. The ruins are empty, and we hear nothing but the wind. Nothing but the wind through the trees and the waves below, right? You wouldn't have even known all of these events just took place, right? Like everything is just just dead silent. We gain the overhead shot and it's panning from the temple and it goes towards the waves, leaving the temple behind. The aggressive waves all of a sudden change into a calm water. And then it's like a water with stars shining through. Yep. And we see Ahsoka lying there. As she wakes up Now, a lot of people at first has said like they thought, Oh, she's in a cave. She fell in a cave or some, some shit like that. So she wakes up and stands. And what she's standing on is a pathway. She kind of looks around and she's like, I've been here before. Like you could tell she's like, wait a minute, hold on a second. She is in the world between worlds yet again. Yes. But this time, it's 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 a little different, right? Now 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 yet again she's been saved from death, right? The death that should have been. Because like the first time it was with Vader, and now oh well, this is Skull. this
0: is Ahsoka's uh, respawn uh, spawn point. Yeah, right. This is her reset. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so she's standing there looking around and she hears a familiar voice. We hear a familiar voice. Yup. And it says hello snips and all of a sudden ahsoka says master and we hear hear his voice and he says i didn't expect to see you so soon and then if you have your subtitles on like a like a millennial like us typical millennial warm warm music starts playing as she turns around and we have a similar shot that we have seen in like rebels and, and and briefly in clone wars where it's her on the right side. And we see him on the left, her yep. left shoulder. We see Anakin Skywalker smiling back at her, wearing his Clone Wars era outfit towards kind of like the end of episode three, three beginning of episode three. Yeah. yeah. And she just looks at him and she goes, Anakin, the shot fades to black, and Vader's theme plays. And that is the end, end of the, of the episode. episode.
0: And I exploded.
1: That shit was so hype. I was screaming in my basement. My wife Sarah was like, "Is something wrong? Are you okay?" When I was just like, "Yeah!" It was like you'd think like somebody just scored a touchdown, like or or a goal. I was freaking out. I'm so excited.
0: It was incredible.
1: It was absolutely unexpected hype. too.
0: Like I don't I don't think anybody expect. I mean, I. I was, I assumed we'd get something of Anakin, but I didn't think we would get this.
1: Yeah. So before we jump into everything, we appreciate you listening to all that. That was a lot. Yep. We are going to take a quick break.
0: Okay. So overall thoughts. I think this episode was.
1: Really, really, uh, like an homage to the whole like you know Japanese samurai kind of feel. Absolutely, I think Dave Filoni yeah. did a great job of like bringing that vibe with like storyboarding, storytelling in general, like the audio. Like for instance, my biggest thing here is like the use of audio in this show. It just feels like almost like a, a character in its own, right? Like those animalistic sounds that Skull uses when he uses the force, right? The creepy sounds in the temple, the way the purgles yep. sound, make it creepy. Like all that stuff hearing kind of like uh Maul and like the son at the same time, say he's the chosen one kind of thing. Right? Like all that stuff. Why are we hearing these things? You know what I mean? Like, why are we hearing all these sounds? But I, I it's, it, it's just, I think audio is my biggest thing. My number one thing that I will call out for this series. So far. I think the
0: choreography for this episode is just so, freaking stellar i mean no. just the, the the action so the, good the, the fighting style in here is is just so like listen you know th- there's always jokes that george lucas stole from akira uh akira, you know uh, kurosawa but yeah, yeah this one he literally just like it, it like the man is just would be like what the hell it's my shit well that's the thing is like it's such a good like
1: star wars in general right like it's based off of the old yeah samurai the old samurai movies, mythos it's great like the 50s and 40s like like it's great. And and I will say this too. Like another thing as an homage to that is the cinematography. Like this episode is shot so well. Dave Filoni, obviously we we know he's more of like a director, writer kind of stuff, but you can get away with animation, right? Like you can get away with a lot of stuff in animation. But live action, you know, sometimes I th- I think like this is just him writing and directing so much of this show like he's he's directed aspects of yeah. each episode. I know he's like been involved. There's other directors for the episodes, but he's been involved and like he's done a great job of showcasing like hey, that movie I'm going to be doing soon. Like I I got it, right? I got it. Like he's
0: done a great job. I think I think you know Kurosawa's just his whole entire feel of samurai combat just transitioned immediately into this these fight sequences and I just think it's so cool just to see how complete these fights are. You know, I feel like, you know, because you, yeah. you get the, 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 the argument of like, oh, the sequel fights were too generic. And it's like, these ones have a spice to them. You know? Oh, yeah. And I really do, I really do like how um, this feels connected to the, just, just the greater universe that is coming together here. I mean, you know, again, one of the complaints about the early Disney Star Wars movies is they didn't feel really connected. They didn't feel like they were a part mm-hmm. of something greater, except for I will argue, Rogue One felt very connected, and oh, yeah. which is really funny because people who love the sequel trilogy hate Rogue One because of that. I don't, I, I don't, don't understand I don't it. I get that Rogue One is a masterpiece. It's, it's like, it's like. It, I honestly it feels like the same people who hate that shit would hate uh, the fact that Iron Man meets Captain America in the Avengers movie. They would be like, no, they should be separate and never interact ever. That's what I like. And it's like, <laughs> no, they're in the same universe. They're going to interact. It's like people who got mad that Ahsoka was fan service when she met Luke on Mandalore or uh, in the Mandalorian or technically Bo- book of Boba Fett. But let's be honest, your book of Boba Fett second half is like just Mando season 3.5. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It's just like, guys, come on. This stuff needs to be connected to tell a greater story.
1: Yeah. Now, another thing, too, I want to address. There's a couple things here. The wardrobe design is another aspect that just kicked ass, man. Like, the design for the group of villains, right? The antagonists, we'll call them. It feels so Old Republic. Yeah. Like, we've seen so many call-outs to, like, the Old Republic in general in these shows. I almost think the ruins were also made by, like, even the Rakata, right? Now, they're canon, because they were made canon in Andor, like, the you know, the whole yeah, Rakata right. invasion and the slavery stuff that they do, like, all that. Like, they're they're canon now. So, I was thinking maybe the Rakata made it, but I, I was, I, I will say, I'm wrong, but, <laughs> to a degree, yeah, I'm wrong. But, um... Yeah, no, I, I think that the the whole wardrobe, like, they look sick. They look like old knights, you know, like, more like what I, when I was a kid, like, Jedi, when I thought, like, a Jedi knight, I thought, like, knight in yep. shining armor, right? Not a wizard. And, and I will say, you know, I've seen a couple videos online and stuff of people saying that they think that the fact that they made all Jedi, like, Obi-Wan was in his hermit days, like, that's how they dressed. A lot of people seem to think that that was a mistake. I don't necessarily think it was a mistake. But I do think that this call to, like, them looking like, you know, medieval kind of style space knights was pretty fucking cool. It, it I think, was really I sick. I think that
0: fits with the... I guess when I hear, yeah, well, I agree with you. When I hear Jedi knights, that's what I think as well. And I think that Yeah. for obvious reasons, they were like, well, we already saw what they look like, so we're going to go with that. And it's like, well, not necessarily, guys.
1: Yeah. Now... The episode had a lot of callbacks to Anakin for obvious reasons, but these ones were um, subtle the, ba- these the ones episode were a lot more subtle yeah I mean the episode basically told us what was gonna happen like oh hey Anakin this Anakin that like oh man where's Anakin at he's dead right like where's where's he showing up when's he gonna oh, Why oh are hey, you talking about this
0: <laughs> random person
1: <laughs> yeah, and then obviously, like the last thing I have on this is like I think skull is just fascinating Ballan's skull is just. What happened to this man? Like,
0: this guy has been through
1: some shit, dude.
0: Just that, just his whole ideology is so interesting, and as much as I'm sad that the actor sadly passed away, I'm even more sad for the fact that, given the trend, we might not see his character ever again.
1: Hopefully we do. I mean, there's, there are a lot of people that are, I think, eligible to, to, uh play the Step role. Step into that role. Yeah. Um I will say there is one person that I think would fit the role of Balin Skull perfectly. And like you've seen a lot of stuff online. You know, we've seen like Leave Schreiber and like all these people that, you know, big super crazy superstar names. Personally, there's one person that I think would fit him very well. If anybody's seen really? like the fall of Usher recently or any of those things. Matt, I want to make sure his last name is Bidel, B-I-E-D-E-L. He has been in like pretty much I guess pretty much everything Michael Flanagan has done. Um, I'm gonna show you a photo of him, but he looks he looks exactly the same. Oh wow. Yeah. 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 He looks younger, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but but, but like Every anything he's been in Matt Flanagan's stuff, like he's looked older in some of those things. And the man is fascinating. He is such a good actor. The like he was in a couple things I've seen, um, like Altered Carbon. He's been in a lot of stuff. He has this great thing of like the way he uses his eyes to like you know. I mean, when you're doing scene work and stuff on camera work, like your eyes are very important, and the subtlety that you use with your emotions through that is. Dude, this guy's got it down, and I am going to push that. He needs to. He needs to play Balin Skull. Perfect. Like, huh. like that is that is the guy. Sarah Finn, if you're casting this show, I'm telling you right now, you could
0: put me in it too. But nah, you got to put Matt <laughs> in there, man. He he he's the shit, dude. He's great. I will take I will take nothing less than a starring role in Star Wars Episode Eight. <laughs> 14,468. I don't know.
1: My only take uh, that I have, my only, I guess you could call it a hot take, is I think that the lighting in the runes when they fight is a little bit off. I didn't see a lot of reflection from the blades in the runes, like the 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 moist, if you will, uh, bricks and 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 the stones and stuff. I I was like, where's the light coming from? Like,
0: there's a there's the quote of the year from you. The bricks need to be wetter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and with that. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram, X, and TikTok at TheLostCantina. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.